Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 730 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds argue with each other. <laughs> All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs>we confirmed that it had a theatrical release, but you, you, you had some concerns early on. Is that fair to say? A, my <laughs> concerns were founded. <laughs> B, I still didn't want to watch this movie. <laughs> I have watched this movie. I never want to see it again. <laughs> so I hear you. I hear you. Those are valid. That's a valid perspective. Um, I, you know, I thought of a few things watching this movie. One, this is a superhero movie about as much as Paperman is a superhero movie. Oh, I would watch Paperman for days before I'd watch this shit again. That's fair. That's fair. But I also, you know, this this is a an independent movie. It looks and feels like an indie movie. Um, it, I wouldn't say quirky because that would be a little too generous. I mm-hmm. think there's some interesting character development that we'll talk about. Um, but you know what? This was a better watch than The Crow City of Angels. Well, th- there is no <laughs> bar. <laughs> there's not even a bar in the ground. It's just like, go ahead. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So if we don't pull something good, oh. I, 
we're done. I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. Podcast ended. <laughs> so I, you know, I I went to bed last night after watching this, and Aubrey did not watch it with me, and we're lying in bed, and 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 she's like, "Well, how was it?" I was like, "Yeah, oh, yeah, you know." I was like, "You know, we're just so close. All we need to do is pull the MCU slip, and we're watching one of the best movies in the MCU, Winter Soldier." I mean, I feel like we've earned it. We've had some oh, we, clunkers. We we've been off to a rough start so far this season. I enjoyed V for Vendetta. Sure. I enjoyed X Men First Class. Oh yeah. I enjoyed the first fifteen minutes of X Men Origins Wolverine, but there's we've had a little bit of a dry spell. Hmm. And also, you know, for our special forces Patreon people, oh. we also had to sit through Maximum Overdrive. Yeah. We, yeah. We we're just so, on a streak of movies that just. <laughs> continuously punch us in the balls. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly, that is exactly right. Well, you know, uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've been looking forward <laughs> to our beverage this evening, <laughs> feeling like we really earned it with this one. So why don't we dive right in? Hey, did you, <gasps> what? Come on. Where'd you get that? Uh, my brother, ladies and gentlemen, Casey has the coolest bat symbol beer, uh, bottle opener. In fact, here it is, opening up this bottle. Well, I'll I'll see your Batman, and I'll match yes. it with Mjolnir. Meow meow, meow meow. So, <laughs> it felt right on the floor. Nice. So, since we are guys with beers, talking about movies with capes. What are we drinking? What Thank you, ma'am. Our beer comes to us from a brewery that we have sampled before, uh, a number of times, actually. Uh, hailing from Milton, Delaware, uh, mm. opened way back in 1995. We're drinking a beer from Dogfish Head Brewery. Uh, we've drank a few of their beers before. Uh, our beer this evening, um, there's a trope in superhero movies, which is the costume montage. Uh. Sometimes it's a high mark in the in the film. Sometimes, as in this film, befitting the kind of gritty, grim, bleak movie that this is, the the costume montage is kind of sad and depressing. So, the just like the entire movie. <laughs> uh, so this beer, taking inspiration from the traditional Indian beverage golden milk, this imperial cream ale is brewed with an oat cream base using a blend of equitably sourced single-origin spices from their pals at Burlap and Barrel in New York City. That spice blend includes a complex mingling of vanilla beans, ginger, turmeric, star anise, cardamom, and cinnamon. The result is an 8% alcohol by volume creamy concoction that's chock full of sweet and spice and everything nice. Our beer this evening is Dogfish Head Brewery's Costumes and karaoke. Yeah. So with that, let's uh, try this beer. Cheers, Cheers buddy. My friend. Wow! Right at the beginning, it is just vanilla central. Yeah, but and and yeah, all the spices there. Mm. Yeah, that's. So once again, <laughs> the beer is beer is so much better. The film. <laughs> Costumes and karaoke. I'm so sorry, pal. You you deserved so much better. Uh, but this beer, like all of our beer selections, comes to us from Branching Out Bottle Shop in Township Five in Camillus, here in the Greater Syracuse, New York area. The finest beer selection, bar none. 
Yeah. Uh, All right. But uh, that's a that's a great beer selection. It's um, a, it's a very good beer too. It, it really oh, that's was. What you mean by that? I'm sorry. That's what you meant by selection, isn't it? Yes. That. That's all right. No worries. Hey, listen, we, we, I feel like we've both been a little bit traumatized by the by what it was that we had to go through, but we did it. So let's yeah. uh, let's roll on. Hey, we have caught up with our reshoots, reshoots and reactions. Yes, we have. Uh, so we've got one here that came over just uh, about a week and a half ago from our good friend Jason Palladino. Mm-hmm. Jason, a podcaster in his own right, I believe. Yeah. Nope, he is not. Former, former. Uh, he he uh, he betrayed me and had me nailed to a cross a bunch. <laughs> and did, have you acted with him on stage as well? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, but a friend of the podcast, Jason Palladino, who's recently relocated to Atlanta for his yeah. job in sports broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, Jason. Hope you're, yeah. hope you're enjoying the, uh, the Southern weather down there. Jason sent us a few, uh, about a week and a half ago, a note on an episode 62, our second episode of the season, X-Men Origins Wolverine. And as usual, he's got some great insight. Hey guys, welcome back. I just finished season three, episode one, and as usual, it was great. I wanted to pile on to the absolute crap fest that called itself. Oh, you know what? I, I take this back. So this is more of a reaction. Yeah, I don't even think. Oh, this is before the episode drops. So we've so he he finished V for Vendetta. He knows that we're watch, we're pulling. X Men Origins Wolverine. So he's he's weighing in before the episode uh, even dropped. I think. Yeah. Go ahead, I wanted, it. or maybe Go not. Ahead. I don't know. Listen, we'll do them at October fifth, whenever that released. Maybe it's the day of. I don't, listen, it's been a long day. But anyways, uh, <laughs> Jason wanted to pile on to the absolute crap fest that called itself a Wolverine origin story. When we originally saw it in its theatrical release, there were about a half a dozen of us, including his wife, who rarely goes to the movies, who were excited to watch what they thought was going to be a great story about a beloved character. And like so many Wolverine fans, they were so very duped. His friend, a rabid X-Men and Wolvie fan, almost got up and left the theater about 30 minutes in. He's not wrong. And Tammy says the only redeeming thing in the movie was Mr. Jackman's tushy. I think you and I are both fine admitting that as well. She's not wrong. Along with all the so many flaws with this movie, though, his complaint was the oddly hatched emergency plan Stryker came up with to stop Wolverine. Now, Jason says he could be missing the cannon here, so we should correct him if, if that's the case. He asks, can adamantium penetrate itself? Phrasing. The use of an adamantium bullet against an adamantium plated skull seems a little bit of a risky gamble. Either way, the movie was a bit of a hot mess inside of a dumpster fire, to paraphrase Jake Tapper. Love the show, boys. Thanks for keeping his morning commute entertaining. Jay, listen, I I think it brings to mind the classic question, who gives a fuck? Right? Like, like you know, you know, you're not fixing that movie with a little bit of internal logic around the bullet. Uh, yeah, because they didn't bother with it, but uh, if you focus on MCU, yes, vibranium can penetrate vibranium because uh, uh, adamantium. Oh, adamantium. We don't know yet. Then, yeah, but vibranium it, can penetrate vibranium because Black Panther's yeah. claws 
hit the shield and then somehow disappear? So, you know, <laughs> if we had them, I'm not, I don't know offhand if we have any metallurgists who are fans of the podcast. If so, you can certainly correct me. But I feel like simply the the material itself isn't the only deciding factor. There are things you can do with metals to harden them. I, I, I think of certain treatments you can do with steel, like case hardening. Sure. It's still steel, but there's techniques you can do to make it harder. So I feel like plausible, sure. I mean, what I did like that was that they showed that the bullets came to this very fine point. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not what bullets look like, but maybe that's the logic that gets the bullet through the adamantium plating. But how many movie bullets have you seen look like that? Uh, none. <laughs> really? With that fine point? Uh, oh. We saw a shit ton of them in uh, Wanted. Did they? Were, but that was like, that was almost like needle pointed, was it? Oh, right. It should. It's, listen, I, I have already data dumped that movie. Yeah. I, I obviously uh, haven't uh, cleared my cash yet, so I had it in there still. So. Jason, you ask a fair question. Sadly, your question is better than that movie deserves. So sure. 100 points to you, Jason, and we award no points to X-Men Origins Wolverine. Also, the points don't matter. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but I think that's it for our reshoots and reactions. There's no almost cast in this movie because <laughs> I I highly doubt they held auditions. I so, think they just called their friends. This is this is the the epitome of indie movie. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm surprised they got Michael Rappaport. Now he is certainly not the the rising actor he was. If you go back to like um, Sp- Spike Lee's um, do the right uh, thing. No, it's the the, the, oh, no, the, the college one. Oh, um, it's probably one of his known fours. Hang on. Yeah, I'm going in there right now. He is. Oh, he had a lot of stuff. For, oh, I forgot he was in True Romance. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, higher Learning. Yes, Higher yeah. Learning. Yeah, so his first, uh, Michael Rappaport's first acting credit is China Beach in 1990. Um Within the next couple of years. Beach? Yeah. Kravitz looks like one episode. Um, He does an episode of Murphy Brown. He's in, he's a dock worker in Poetic Justice, Mm -hmm. which was Tupac and Janet Janet Jackson, Jackson. right? Um, True Romance. He's Dick Ritchie, of course. I love Mm -hmm. that movie. I got to find a way to to do that movie. but then by 1995, he's in higher learning. I feel like that's a real inflection point for him. Mm. You're about to get to something I still haven't forgiven him for. Kiss of Death? Nope. Mm. Friends. Me- oh, oh, that's, oh, yeah, that's. So that's I 97, think of, I want to say. Uh, Friends is 99. Gary in four. Who's 99? Episodes. Yeah. Wait, yeah. hadn't he? So it's four years after Higher Learning. And at that point, you know, he, 97, he's in Metro with Eddie Murphy. That was a big movie for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, you know, in, he's he was in, in a bunch of um, the Woody Harrelson, Woody Allen movies, too. Oh, is he? Um, I'm a huge fan of Copland, Stephen uh, Sylvester Stallone's masterpiece. He sure. is Superboy in that, one of the, the, the mm-hmm. key elements of the plot. You know, he, he was building this career. Um, 
I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know how they got him for this movie. The, the total budget for this movie estimated from the IMDb page is a million dollars. Come on. Yep. Which, but that's, I mean, I don't know that you can make, I don't know that you can make a movie for less than that. You know, I mean, this, this movie With doesn't effects. look good. It's, yeah. It's got some effects in it. So I guess. Okay. okay. Yeah. A couple floating gags. Oh, and then the through the wall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you can pretty much see the wires every time he floats, <laughs> you know, you're like one step away from seeing those. Um, but the movie's got a budget of a million dollars. Would you like to take a stab at the box office total? I I'm gonna say this is in somewhere in the hundred thousands range, like hundreds of thousands. You're saying that it took in hundreds of thousand dollars. Yeah, it didn't break a million. Are we talking in the U.S. or worldwide? Well, America first. Okay, so, so America first. The gross. <laughs> The gross you was completely, you completely missed that, didn't you? Oh, I got there you. you are. There yeah. you are. There we are. Uh, <laughs> the gross United States box office seven thousand two hundred and two dollars, with a cumulative worldwide gross, according to IMDb, of fourteen thousand nine hundred sixty-seven thousand dollars. It didn't do $15,000. So I don't think we're going to see a uh, special two. Yeah, I, I, I think we can rule that out pretty well. Now, And I'm fucking okay with that. Now, listen, I, clearly, if you're sitting down to watch a superhero movie, this is not the movie for you. If you are a fan of indie film, what I think this movie does well is it, it does what many indie films do, right? Which is focus on a character. It, it's a character study, right? So I, I like to call them slice of life movies. Okay. You come in at a character at some point in their life and you leave and there's no, um, one of the, probably one of the biggest movies to do that is uh, sideways. You okay. come into Paul Giamatti's character at a certain thing and there's no resolve at the end. He goes back um, to Virginia Madsen's house, but does I she might, well, the door? I, I think I might argue that with this one. There's a there's a transformation. He has an arc of transformation in this well, film. So does no no. So does oh. um, so does Paul Giamatti. He has a transformation. Yeah, yeah. But there's no like here is the end. You it's oh, almost I see just what like you're, saying. you're just it. passing through the town and oh this happened and I'm going to move on now. Got it. Okay. Oh you know? that's fair. That's fair. Who does uh, a lot of those movies? And why I I don't even know if that's the real name for it, but that's what I came up with. Is uh, Anna Kendrick does a lot of okay movies and sure sure sure. Todd, I don't know if you know this, but I enjoy Anna Kendrick's work. You're a fan. You are a fan. I am. Well, sadly, Anna Kendrick is not in this movie. Um, this we, movie yeah. is written and directed by two gentlemen, so they both share the writing and directing credits. Uh-huh. Hal Haberman and Jeremy Passmore. Um, as sure. we were saying earlier, it's a bad sign when you look at the wiki page and the names of the writers and directors aren't hyperlinks, meaning... They don't have Wikipedia pages. IMDb gives us a little bit of information. So Hal Haberman, writer and director, um, he writes this, writes a couple other things, never heard of, directed a, another short, not much in there. Uh, Jeremy Passmore only directs this and another short in, in partnership with Hal Haberman. But Jeremy Passmore does write screenplays for 
Red Dawn, uh, yeah. and and then he has writing credits for Vice, amazing. The Christian Bobby. Bale, Dick Cheney, I Adam saw, McKay's. I still haven't seen it, dude. That oh my god, you're missing out. That's a brilliant movie. So no, I know it is. I just it, it's hard to watch because of the climate we're in right now. I hear. Oh wait, wait, stop. Back up. Not rewind. Not, Not Vice. It's the 2015 Vice starring Bruce Willis and Thomas Jane. No. Not not on my radar. Uh, and look, taking a glance at the Bruce Willis stars in this sci-fi thriller about Ultimate Resort, Vice, where customers can play out their wildest fantasies with artificial inhabitants who look like humans. Uh, haven't we seen Westworld? I don't know what that is. So, yeah. um, so it's Bruce Willis needs to put an expansion on his house. Got yeah, it. clearly. Oh, good lord. Okay, so I am less impressed, but I mean the guys, the guys working good for him. And you know, look, they took a swing. I'll bet you they made the movie they wanted to make here. <sighs> okay, so I was going to wait to the end to ask this. Yeah, but one of our favorite podcasts is how did this get made? <laughs> right. Yes. I'm going to purport the question, why did this <laughs> get made? You'll do them one pair. better? Where is Gamora? Yeah, I'll do you one better. Who's Gamora? I'll do you one better. Why is Gamora? In, in, in a very serious, what is this movie trying to say? Are we trying to say that Big Pharma is evil? Okay, great. Then no, do a do a black wa- black water, dark water. What's the uh, Ruffalo movie about uh, plastics in the water? Oh, I I'm not familiar with that one. I think it's Black Water. Okay. Case, or do something like that. Are we trying to talk about the mental instability in America and how it's treated? Then make that movie. Do an I Am Sam type. Well, I Am Sam. He 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 was just a person with autism. He wasn't. Right. Mentally unstable, but you know they're missing. They're mismatching so much in this movie that I I didn't know what to focus on or what to critique or enjoy or take away from this movie. Yeah, I would say that I am a casual fan of independent film. I enjoy I really enjoy I, I enjoy a lot of I mean <laughs> hello Anna Kendrick um, you know I've seen yeah. uh, and she is the queen of of indie films so sure. I've seen a lot of independent films and they're great there are a lot of you know um, uh, drinking buddies you would probably really like <laughs> yeah it's it's uh, Anna Kendrick Jake Johnson Olivia Wilde and the director of the movie. And I can't remember his name. He's kind of like part of the mumblecore independent film movement. Oh, yes. Oh, wait, that's Ron Livingston. Ron Livingston. I'm thinking of Happy Christmas, which that same director did, and he cast himself in it. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. Joe Joe Swanberg. Is that who you're thinking of? Mm Mm-hmm. Joe Swamper. Yeah. I couldn't think Got of the actor, the director's name, but yeah, happy. I, I listen. We we can sit down and watch Drinking Buddies or Happy Christmas. I, I, before. So he, here's how to, here's how I would frame this movie. Then we should <laughs> we should talk about it. Um, I think if you want, sure. if you, I think if you want to, if you want to watch a kind of gritty, bleak, independent film that's going to be uncomfortable at times. 
this does that. Watch Requiem for a Dream. But yeah, but that's I mean, but this but I feel like there's a genre of of big budget movie, larger budget movies that mm-hmm. you know want to kind of keep that street credibility, the kind of punk feel. And like yeah. Requiem for a Dream for me is that. This is this looks gritty and bleak, you know. Sure. It wouldn't surprise me if, if there were some things that were shot with a guy with a you know small camera walking in front oh, of or sure. behind Michael Rappaport, right? Like the the, the fight scene. Yeah, uh, it's like almost like gori- I would call it like door. almost yeah. almost like guerrilla filmmaking. Like it, it, it felt like The Office. We're purposely trying to make a documentary, but mm. but it's not a documentary. I mean. This movie, uh, okay, fuck yeah. it. Okay, um, all right. All right. Uh, la- okay, the last thing before we get into it then. Um, right. Well, you're, well, this is not going to go well. Uh, the IMDb score for the movie, you want to take a guess? Or do you remember? Four? 6.9. No, stop it. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> Podcast over. <laughs> Casey is sitting out the rest of the episode. Gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> what the yeah. fuck? Yeah. Well, all right. Like with Hang that, on. why don't No, I need to look something <laughs> up right now. Okay. And I'm pissed off now. And I'm pretty sure I know what I'm going to find out. Uh so uh, so from the Wikipedia page, um this this is actually quoting Rotten Tomatoes. On Rotten Tomatoes, the film holds an approval rating of 58% based on reviews from 33 critics. The average rating is 5.59 out of 10. The site's consensus states, this quirky indie comedy's low budget is readily apparent, but it's elevated by Michael Rappaport's dedicated performance. First of all, I don't know know how you get comedy out of this. I would, yeah. Uh, So this is what I need to look up. Do you want to take a guess what the IMDb score for Superman, Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice is? (laughs) 7.2. (laughs) 6.4. 0.4 better? (laughs) Shove it up your ass, IMDb. Come on. Look, Batman v Superman has its flaws. We talked about them in our three and a half hour long episode about it. That's right. But... It's much better than this film. Oh, God. And I know we don't normally compare movies. We, you know, apples to oranges, everything. Yeah. But six point four better. (laughs) Only point four better. But, yeah, listen, it's entirely different. It's not even in the same universe. Again, it's indie film, but not in any kind of cool hip way. It's just we want to tell a story. We got some cameras and we're doing it. And somehow they get a they get a real actor. Michael Rappaport is a good actor, and I would suggest he's he's, all right. he's acting his ass off in this movie. He he only has one gear, and this is his gear. This is the exact same character, just you know, in a lower gear shift that he played on Friends. That hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you like this, okay? But it's gonna it's okay, it's okay. You know, I'm gonna that, that's my Michael Rappaport impression. <laughs> okay, hey, why don't, gonna, we, why don't we go talk about this movie? <laughs> all right. <laughs> and now I'm gonna shoot a bird. 
Oh my! That's how he was written off of Friends. Oh, I don't know if he was written off, but that was his final episode. Phoebe and him moved in together. Yeah, and they were sitting there in bed the mor- morning after they move in together, and there's a bird. Oh, I vaguely out the remember window. this. And she sh- he shoots the bird. I'm like, no. But then after he left, you know who she ended up with? Do you know who Phoebe Fisher ends up Stevens? With? No. Who? Is that before? No. Paul motherfucking Rudd. That's right. I forgot about that. See, I they was only married. a casual Friends fan. So Mike, Mike, Mike is in the final episode. Uh, Paul Rudd's there when they leave the uh, the apartment. Like he became the unofficial seventh uh, member of that crew. I mean, good lord, holy cow! Yeah. All right, hey, can we talk about Paul Rudd on Friends rather than this? <laughs> no, I think we're gonna have to talk about special. <sighs> <sighs> the gate you get a sense of like this ain't mary poppins you're not gonna feel warm and fuzzy in this movie it opens with a bloodied less played by michael rapaport walking in a daze almost on a street it's got that kind of gritty like they didn't close down streets like i get no sense that that was a sheltered kind of environment it looks like they just kind of got out on the street and started walking and filmed it right yeah, do you think they had to put that voiceover in there because so many people are like, holy shit, it's Michael Rappaport. <laughs> mm, I don't think people generally say that. <laughs> but the weird thing is, is that the way they shoot this scene, it's like Michael Rappaport just showed up on set and they're like, oh, I guess your face is beaten up now. I guess we'll just film around that. Well, no, because it connects to, no. you know, it's, oh. Uh, see what you did there. That was my best joke for the episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's <only laughs> downhill from here. <laughs> you know, Les is talking about... I used to dream about flying. It went the same way every night. I realized that I could fly. No, that's not quite right. I realized that there was no reason I couldn't fly. And after that, I'd float off the ground and soar above the city. But I haven't had that dream in a while now. Lately... I dream about more ordinary things, like doing my laundry, or shopping for groceries, or riding on elevators. I wonder why that is. You know, if there's any connection to superheroes, other than his delusions, he does frame his thoughts on life in the context of superheroes. And this opening voiceover kind of, I think, sets that tone. You get the visual, this really grim or bleak, and then this almost rambling kind of voiceover monologue around, you know, flying and what that means to him. The only interesting thing here is if I remember correctly, I watched this movie last night. I just (laughs) nothing stayed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you want to stop, if you want, we can pause, you can go watch it again. And that, (laughs) Oh, oh, I'm number one twice. (laughs) Number one twice. There you go. (laughs) All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Casey has thrown a couple of birds at me. Like the birds that Michael Rappaport shot on friends. (laughs) Did he actually fly in his dreams or did he say that not that I can't fly, it's just I have no uh, no reason that I can't? No, that's not quite right. I realized that there was no reason I couldn't fly. And after that, I'd float off the ground and soar above the city. So that, that we could deconstruct that for a minute because he has so much trouble. Oh, Jesus, I just realized there's another friend star in this movie. The 
store clerk. She was Elizabeth, uh, Ross's underage uh, girlfriend. Well, not underage. She was 18, but it was still. Alexandra Holden? Yes. She was on Friends, no. and it was. Oh, yes. Elizabeth Stevens. She had a six-episode run on Friends. Holy cow. And when she left the show, like, they had a really mature breakup, and he because he was like, oh, I'm worried that she's immature, and they had this mature breakup. And he's leaving, and, like, he's got, like, a voiceover. I have never had such a healthy breakup. She was such a grown-up about it. She didn't seem too immature for me. Did I just make a huge mistake? And she opens her window. Ross! Wait! Elizabeth! Thank God, I I was just thinking about- You suck! (laughs) What? Throws a water balloon at him and he goes- (laughs) Okay. Breakup still on. <laughs> got it. So again, can we just talk about Friends? Uh, no, I think we got to bring it back uh, to this movie. So I want to say, though, that if he's having dreams, if I remember correctly, he's not having dreams that he is flying, just that he can because there's no reason he can't. Now, neither one of us are psychiatrists. Correct. But we've both heard the the kind of urban legend, I guess, that when you have a dream that you're flying, sometimes you're remembering a sex dream in a weird way. Oh, I've not heard that. Is that, is that a theory? Sometimes when you have a dream that you're flying, right? Apparently what I've heard is that you're having a sex dream and it's a weird one. So your brain doesn't like, I think like doesn't know how to process it. So they're just like, uh, you're flying. Okay. (laughs) All right. So he, he can't get things going with this, uh, store clerk that he really fancies or this cashier, I guess. There's something there. There's that's, but what's the point they're trying to make? So what we don't get in this movie is, is a, a great epiphany, plot? right? There, there is yeah. no great oh, yeah. learning. I, I, I do think you know he is a changed character at the end of it, but I don't feel like there's some universal truth that we've discovered throughout this. But like an inch, he has not transferred. It's not. It's not sideways. Sure, sure. It's not this big, huge change in the character. It is just like, oh, I'm going to be a little more confident in life. Yeah, it is $7,202 worth of transformation. It's not $15 million worth of transformation. It's $7,000 worth of God damn it. Okay, fair, fair. <laughs> so the broad strokes of the plot is less suffers from a mental illness. He is being treated by a doctor. A total that guy actor, Jack Kaler. Um, yeah, what was the big thing that I saw that he was in? So for me, and I'll be honest with you, I spent I spent some time trying to figure out what the role was. When I see him, I'm like, oh, it's that guy. Mm-hmm. For me, it was he's the banker in Waterworld that Kevin Costner buys everything in his shop. That. That's what I happened. Never seen Waterworld. You've never seen Waterworld. Oh, it's. Is there a reason to see Waterworld? I mean, it's, it's, it's. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a wonderful study in unchecked ego. You know what I mean? <laughs> Is it Kaler with a K or a C? K E H L E R. Um, he usually plays kind of mopey kind of guys. The guy's got 168 actor credits. Sure does. Um, but he. 
It's oh, you got him. Yeah, it's uh, Men in Black too. Yes, he's in that. Who I don't remember he's, who he was in that. He's the guy that, that no, that's that's Tony Shalhoub. Oh, what is he doing? I can see him in the movie. Is he one of the people that like that they shake down, or like you know lean on to get information? And that might be it. It's been up. It had been a long time since I've seen. I mean, ben he's Black. he's definitely been in movies I've seen. He's in Point Break. He's Halsey. Is Halsey like one of the FBI supervisors or something? Do you know, know that Chuck would is. know that. Yeah, let let's let Chuck answer yeah. that. Last Boy Scout. Well, you Grand know what he's also in? He's in Lethal Weapon Four. Who is he in Lethal Weapon Four? State what? Department official. Right. Right. With the forefathers. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, he's the guy that's there for the transfer. Yep. Yeah, he's in, he's in the big Lebowski. He's Marty. Sure. Is that is that another one of the bowlers? Yes. I, I feel like in... Oh, he was on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I did see that and thought you'd notice that. Do you think I'm going to miss up an opportunity <laughs> to talk right. about Star Trek? That's right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look at him, he's a that guy actor. So he's doctor. We'll find out his name's Dr. Dobson. He basically gives Les an experimental drug, part of a clinical trial, and at the same time says, here's a free t-shirt for you. Gives them a t-shirt with the drug company's logo that'll become important later on. Yeah. So Les works as a parking enforcement officer. Sure does. And we get a little slice of life. You know, he's he's about to write a ticket, a girl gives him a sob story. He You have to stop. <laughs> I am so broke. I'm, I'm sorry, man, but I, but I already started writing the citation. Um, listen, you could um, you could park here all day, and I, I, I promise I won't I won't write another ticket. But but once I start writing the ticket, see, I, I get reprimanded if. I'm... Please. <laughs> Throws it away. And... Oh, thank you, thank you so much. And she's immediately dismissive of him. I'm sorry about that. Some asshole was trying to ticket me. Not even, like, waiting till he's out of earshot. Like, you know he could have turned around and be like... But I feel like that's an important choice that tells us something about his character. Yes. That he doesn't? Yeah. So what she does... You're right. So... Okay. So she she works up the tears and is crying, so he throws it away, even though he's going to get in trouble if he does it. Like, the second he crinkles it up... Right. Her face changes, and she resumes talking to the person... On the phone, she's like, yeah, this, you know, asshole tried to write me a parking ticket. And he's standing like four feet away from him. Mm -hmm. He looks at her, hurt, and then turns and walks away. Mm -hmm. Okay, that I'll, I'll take that, I, I guess, if I have to. Yeah, that's right. We see other little slices of his life. Uh, it looks like the only two friends he's got are two guys, Les and Everett, who run a comic book yeah. store. They're one step away from the... Uh, who's the comic book guy in Simpsons? His name is Comic Book Guy. Is it really? <laughs> is no, it really? Knows his yeah. name. Yeah. Ooh, loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. He's clearly got a crush on the cashier at the supermarket. He smiles at her, but can't even really talk to her. And she says nothing. She says nothing. Nothing. That's very important. That'll come in to play. You know what? That was a nice reveal. It was a nice reveal. And yeah. Uh, what's the actor's name? Alexandra Holden. Does a, you know what, fuck it, we can say it now. She, she does a fantastic job with that stutter. What happened to, 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 
you know, she never speaks back to him because she has a stutter. She's self-conscious. Not just a stutter, like a debilitating stutter. Like a couple of times sure. she has to choose a new word to say. Stutters are really yeah. hard because you, you don't want to sound like fucking porky pig. Yeah. You know, you want to be respectful of people who actually have a stutter. Yeah. She does it really well. I, I See, I think there's, I think there's some good acting in this movie. The acting's fine. The acting's fine. The script is garbage, and the directors are uh, two gerbils on. Oh, in a two gerbils in a trench coat. Is that what they're doing? Oh, did I almost, almost, almost got you? Oh, what, 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 where did they get this little trench coat they're wearing? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, how do they keep it on? Mm. You know, I think rock bottom in terms of how bleak his life is is watching him at home. So he's got a little frozen dinner in the microwave. He's standing in front of it, staring at the food in the microwave. What was it though? Cause it was like in a plastic bag that was bubbling. Well, no, that was the, that was the, the plastic top, you know, the, you get the, the plastic kind of container well, and then there'd be a piece of plastic over the top. It looked like it was like a bag that then like sat in a oh, thing. I don't to... think so. Cause I think like then he ripped off the top and then he's eating it kind of out of the dish. Sitting on his shitty couch, looking at an old TV. Yeah, this is what we'd rather discuss in the, the movie. <laughs> what right. what kind of fucking microwave dinner the guy had. I just, again, want to point out that this movie is so bad. We'll spend time on how his microwave dinner was being made. Okay, let's do this. I'm going to describe the broad strokes, and then let's talk about things that are particularly good or bad. I think there's yeah, some. Yeah, TSPHC Army, this... Maybe shorter than the mask. Yeah. Okay. So he gets this drug. It's part of a clinical trial. The drug is supposed to help with his mental illness. In reality, the drug causes him to have delusions. He believes that he now has superpowers. Among them, he believes that he can fly or float. He believes that he can run through walls. He believes that he can communicate telepathically with the people around him. He parlays that telepathic ability into anticipating the actions of an attempted robber at the grocery store where his crush works. And he's right there. He tackles this guy as this guy walks up to the cashier. As the guy falls, a gun drops out of his hand. He was right there. I have a different uh, uh, take on that scene. Okay. So this then snowballs Mm -hmm. and he basically creates a costume for himself. He takes the logo from the t-shirt on his back and begins basically patrolling the city and tackling people that are about to do bad. However, his accuracy leaves a little bit to be desired. So the news has footage of this guy in this weird costume. Mm -hmm. Police are looking for him. Um, the doctor tries getting him to stop taking the medication because he realizes that this is a bad side effect. Less resists violently. For less, this medication has unlocked his inner superhero. Right. And we get conflict be- with the doctor's partners, these two, the exiler brothers who have developed this drug, who are trying to get the drug back from less to get him to stop taking it because his side effects are jeopardizing their deal to sell their company to a large pharma company. Mm -hmm. Um, There's conflict with this. 
His friends at the comic book store try to get him to the doctor. He resists until he kind of hits rock bottom and has this kind of like cathartic breakdown. The cashier reveals that she's got a stutter. She helps him basically detox uh, a night in the grocery store bathroom. Mm -hmm. And as he's trying to return to his world the next day, the Exiler brothers have found him. They try and run him down in the car and... They hit him a couple times. They're about to run him over. Les stands up kind of unbroken in spirit. He won't give up. They back off, and Les has this kind of transformative moment. That's the that's the plot of the movie. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about the stuff that are that's good or bad. <laughs> Mostly bad. I don't think the gun robbery ever happened. So one of the things I yeah, go ahead. I think he just like jumped and tackled nothing and then got up because later when he ends up there at the end of the movie, he's like, that was really crazy yesterday. Right. And her reaction is, yeah. You mean when you fell on the floor, like an idiot, her facial expression is that not, she doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. I don't think there was ever anyone there. I think much like when he hears the, the two people at the end of the aisle that are, having a conversation and then he imagined, I think he imagines the person there. That's like, I knew she was going here. I knew she was going to do this at first. I was like, wait, and the guy runs away. Yeah. I was like, wait, yeah. what? I think all of that is up in his head. But you know, one of the things that I think the movie actually does well is the way they mix his delusions with the reality of the world around him. Mm-hmm. There are times when we see him run through a wall we see him float. We also see him run into a wall and bloody his nose. We also see him do the David uh, Blaine. <laughs> yeah. And not move. Right. Uh-huh. We see him when he thinks he's floating two feet off the floor in front of the doctor, the doctor's looking at him and he's laying on the ground on his belly. I I thought that was a really interesting way of, sh- of showing us both. And it's not like we get like a, like a slash cut so that you know that you're seeing Les's world or the real world, you can't tell. So you actually raise a pretty good point. It's entirely possible that none of that happened. That was entirely delusional. Yeah, I think he just I, like jumped and fell on the ground and everyone around was just like, cause the guy just disappears. The gun, the gun air quotes yeah. falls on the ground. But then when he gets up and looks at, <laughs> I keep on calling her. No, no, no. He gets up and runs away. He immediately runs away after that happens. And no one chases him? Well, if if there was a guy with a gun, they're not worried about the guy that ran away. If there's no guy with the gun, then they just saw somebody, like, basically trip and fall and get up and run away. Right. You know what I mean? So either way, That's there's what no I reason think. I think somebody would chase him. just jumped, j- jumped forward, got up, looked at... Um, Shit, I keep wanting to call her Elizabeth, but that's not her. Alec- Alexandra Holden. You know her character's name. Sadie? Oh, is it Cassie? Cassie? Uh, no, Maggie. Sorry. Sure. Okay. Uh, he looks at Maggie and then runs away. And no one's like, holy shit, you, you know, the guy's gone. The gun's gone. I just... You know, basically, this movie was clearly the inspiration for the top at the end of Inception. We don't know whether the top falls. I mean, it's basically the same thing. This is basically a Christopher Nolan movie. No? No? Hard hard pass? Ladies and gentlemen, Casey has uh, turned off his video camera, and 
has uh it looks like the pot <laughs> you motherfucker <laughs> but you know i think you can make a case either way on that and i think that's a credit to this movie they do that bit well uh, see I, while while christopher nolan for the most part does that very well i think these people just didn't know which way to do it so they half-assed it Oh. I think the only time he is actually in danger in this movie is when the exiler, 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 yeah. whatever it is, when Paul Blackthorne and random uh, Paul Blackthorne was on the Flash or on Green Arrow. Rather. Yes, I saw that. Yep, and I yeah, figured you, yeah, because yeah. yeah. he <laughs> this this one's just for Phil. Uh, he had this really weird way of saying his daughter's name because he is a British actor, but everyone in uh, um, Central City talked pretty much like how we're talking. Some people would talk with a slight Canadian accent because of Vancouver. Well, he decided he was going to talk like this. He'd do this weird New York accent. And I'm like, but you're born and raised in Central City. Why do you have this accent? And then when he had to talk about his daughter, he'd say, I got to go find Laurel. Laurel. I got to go find Laurel. And we, it's like <laughs> Phil and I from across the aisles when I worked with him, I would just go Laurel. Then he'd go, I got to find Laurel. <laughs> Th- that guy has got a bunch of credits. Sure. He was on a great show called the river. Do you remember this? The river? No. Yeah. It what? was uh ABC was like, it was like uh, like a year or two after lost ended. And they were like trying to recapture that same feel, Yeah, but it was like a found footage type thing. Mm-hmm. And he was on that and it was really good. And then it just, I don't know what happened to it. He was in, um, so some things that I, I love. So he's in Sicario day of the soldado. Carson. That's Wills. the second Sicario movie. Yeah, I think I so. Yeah. Um, he's in wind river, which was a phenomenal movie. If by phenomenal you mean really hard to sit through in in not a that's a bad movie yeah oh uh, that, oh yeah hundred percent well um, and a warning uh, there's a very 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 real sexual assault that happens in that movie y- yes it, it's violence and presented well he's in the Dark Knight Rises he's cop with Gordon I, I mean <laughs> wait so he's a repeat actor on this podcast he is he is. He, he's also got a recurring role in, looks like he's a regular in, so there's a series that for some reason is not on my radar, but is popping up everywhere I see. Yellowstone, are you watching that? It's a Kevin Costner? No. I don't even know, like, where my is My parents watch it. Oh, do they? Is it? It's on the Paramount Network. Oh, okay. I don't think it just moved to Netflix. I think Netflix bought it for another season or two. Got it, got it. I'm I'm seeing, um, Cole Hauser is on it. He's uh oh he's also in he's also in higher learning with Michael Rappaport, Wings Hauser Wings Hauser's son. Cole Hauser, why do I know that name? Uh he's in Goodwill Hunting. Um he's in Dazed and Confused. He's a so so oh that guy sure yeah. he's kind of a that guy actor. He's a that guy actor. He's and he's sure. Wings Hauser he is the son of Wings Hauser. He was in do he was in Pitch Black. Never saw it. You ain't missing much. Yeah. <laughs> and he's also in Too Fast, Too Furious. Uh I'll I'll say this again. The only Fast and Furious movie I think I will ever watch was the spin-off Hobbs and Shaw, which was delightful. I might watch it at some point. I... That, you, you know what? Watch it. It's it's good. It's right. it's got 
Idris Elba, he's black Superman. I am aware of the effect I have on women. I had a thought about this movie, and I want to get your take on it. I've not discussed sure. this with you. This is almost a deconstructed. What if Bruce Wayne was delusional and not a billionaire? You say if. <laughs> the guy dresses like a fucking bat. <laughs> well, He's got a screw or two loose up there. Come on, well, man. Listen, I think, but delusional is different than mentally unbalanced. What if Bruce Wayne was actually delusional? Because that's what's happening in this movie. Less is suffering from delusions. You could almost make the case that this could be, if Bruce Wayne wasn't a billionaire, didn't have special training, didn't have this amazing equipment, didn't have all these skills, what would that look like from the outside? It could look like this. I still wouldn't like it. We see one moment um, after he has his kind of like detox in the grocery store bathroom. He -hmm. has a dream before he wakes up. I thought they were jumping ahead a period of time. He's, sure, that's exactly what you're supposed to think. Right. Yeah. But he's standing, you know, he's in an elevator. He looks normal. He's, you know, interacting with people in the world normally. I'm like, oh, yeah. good. He's kind of gotten his shit together. It was a dream. He wakes up, and that in no way resembles his reality. But I got to thinking, this this is an interesting little idea. Like, what if all of Batman's, what if all the Batman comics are the stories that Bruce Wayne is telling himself. Well, there's a there's a longstanding uh, uh, kind of like theory that Bruce is in Arkham, <gasps> and all of his villains are um, like staff or other staff. Patients. Yep, and and Alfred is his meds dealer. That's <gasps> why he feels the most sane around him. Wow. Uh, Joker is in the cell next to him. That's why he's the biggest him. antagonist. Yeah. Yep. And if honestly, if they wanted to stop writing Batman and made that the end, I'd be like, okay, that explains a lot of the crazy shit you've done over the years with this character. Yeah. Yeah. But that's an interesting idea. Like I was, I was interested in that exploration of the difference between the world he sees Mm -hmm. and the reality around him. I thought that was actually a pretty interesting question to explore. And I think from that perspective, I think the movie actually did something interesting. I guess to a point. I mean, but what is it trying to say? That's my problem. Like, you, you know, we, if there's any trying re- to say, Go ahead. like when when he goes to uh, the uh, the brothers that own the, the shop. Oh, which the, I need to point out real quick. Hey, it wasn't cool in Supergirl. It's not cool in what was this? 2016. Yeah. No, 2006. You, Excuse me. Even then, in 2006, using the R word, not okay. Sure, sure. Twice. Well, uh, again, but, I don't think we're supposed to admire those characters. You know, that guy, uh, and then I'll get to my point. Um, he's from that. The, the bigger one? The older brother. Yeah, the older Everett. Everett had a very uh, Jermaine Clement type feel to him. Yeah, very Vla- much. Vladimir yeah. from. Um, uh, what we do in the shadows. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh, Oh, Jermaine Clement is a, a okay. I didn't, oh no, no, no. Big fan. Um, Oh, have you ever heard this? I'm sorry. I'm going through the back catalog of uh good morning, Nancy. And they did what we do in the shadows. Do you know how that started? That no. the, those two characters, Taika would do a, like a, a, a groundlings type thing. And he'd be like, Hey guys, I'm uh 
I'm what's his character's name? That is oh, oh whatever it is. Yeah. He's like, I'm I'm, I'm a vampire. And uh, you know, I I'm I'm not don't worry, I'm not gonna bite anyone's necks here. But um, you know, I just uh and he'd start like doing his stand-up and all of a sudden you'd hear Boo, your jokes are horrible. It's like that 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 why are you following me around? Yeah. Like like Vladislav follows him and is like his heckler at every show. He's like, you've been doing this for like a hundred years, man. Find something else to do with your time. You're immortal. <laughs> uh, that's v- so he's Viago in uh, Viago. Viago, yeah. not Vladislav. Yeah, uh, well, no, Vladislav is. I'm sorry, it is v- Vladislav. Vladislav is Jemaine Clement. Mm-hmm. The poker, right? Because he's supposed to be floppy and Baylor. Yeah, right. The poker. I would bulk people. Yeah, I would bulk um, people. No, but that actor Robert Baker, I recognize him only because Aubrey and <laughs> were watching. You know, they did the whole watch of Grey's Anatomy, and he has an arc on Grey's Anatomy. But he's he's a the guy's the got seventy four actor credits. Well, was wait you? Oh shit! You said that's all right. I, I've I've decided I'm fine with it. You can't Google it and get his name like you'd have to hear it it's not transcribed it's different than my writing yeah i'll i'll I'll, also i can bleep it that's no big deal that's easy for me to do um well you know who the younger brother is uh he's from a is it a nickelodeon thing josh and drake yeah got it got oh it's is that the one the other one did the other one die no neither one of them were dead who was the kid that died that was in Hubie Halloween, or was supposed to be in Hubie? Okay. Oh, yeah, that's the kid from The Descendants. Oh, okay. I thought it was I Cameron it was like Boyce. One yeah. of those things. No, it was Cameron Boyce, and he was also he played um, Sandler's son in the Grown Ups movies. That's why Sandler did that. Oh, tribute. got it, got it, got it. Okay. But we didn't get to it because I watched 14 minutes and 32 seconds of that movie and said, nope. Uh, Aubrey and our youngest son, the goon, uh, watched uh-huh. that because he was dead set on watching it. I said, listen, hang on. Joe is snacky, so he oh, has to open no. like snacky Joe. seven bags of crinkly things. On your uh, kind of piggybacking off of what you were saying about how this movie handles mental uh the breakdowns, I guess, is the yeah. easiest way to say sure. what, what's going on with Michael Rappaport's character. When he starts explaining everything to the two brothers, mm-hmm. the second time he sees them, and like, yeah, man, we were high, you know? No, we we know it didn't happen. And like the the denial of okay, this isn't funny anymore. Like, the, and the, and then that moment where the older brother is like, yeah, I think there's something wrong with you, man. We need to take you to the hospital. I- like. I liked that moment. Yeah. I really liked the, cause that, that was real because if someone comes to you in real life and if, if someone were to come to you and be like, Hey, I think I have superpowers. Your first reaction, you'd be like, okay, let's, let's go to the mental institution. Let's well, you'd be like, come on, you'd laugh. Exa- right. And then yeah, you'd be like, of course, uh, wait, are you serious? Yeah. And then like two or three steps, you would be like, you may need to see someone. That's a good and term. Not even, yeah, yeah, that's it's a good a turn. Really, and there, th- th- I mean, there are strong performances throughout this. Sure, 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 sure. I, again, I, this is one of those movies where it's not the actor's fault this movie sucks. Yeah. I think everyone's doing a great job. Yeah, yeah. I, it's just, I didn't like the source material. I didn't understand what the director was trying to 
what what message they were trying to give us, the writers and the I directors. I think that's fair. Yep, I think that's fair. That's totally fair. Um, well, that's what I wanted to talk about. I, I got nothing else for this movie. <laughs> Before we continue not actually talking about this movie because it was so bad, let's hear about some other programs on the Night Shift Radio Network. You're listening to a Night Shift Radio production. Night Shift Radio is a modern media company bringing you shows that entertain, inform, and most importantly, provide an escape. Never Heard of It dives into the world of bad, obscure, and sometimes just weird movies. Follow along with the crew of Set Condition One as they experience the 2004 sci-fi hit Battlestar Galactica, one episode at a time. Each week on Left of the Dial, we explore a new record or revisit an old favorite. We'll bring in guests to talk about their own music and the state of the industry. The Superpod HeroCast. Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. They draw a random comic-inspired movie from Thor's helmet and offer thorough, insightful, and humorous commentary. And once a month, tune into the Storyteller series and get lost in the magic of a good old-fashioned radio drama. Learn more about these fine shows at nightshiftradio.com and subscribe on your favorite platform. There was a paper man feel to it. The beating scene, yeah, was 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 like uh, when Emma Stone's character admits uh, the suicide pact she had with her twin sister. Yeah, it's all of a sudden the movie just takes a sharp turn to a very dark place. Like to the point, I wonder if that's a studio rewrite having that shot of him in the beginning walking. Because if that hadn't been there, I'm like, holy shit, they're gonna kill this guy right now. (laughs) It almost kind of like a, it's like a pressure release knowing that he's going to, he's going to be okay. Yeah. I'm like, well, so I'm walking. Yeah. We know that this fight's going to end with him, you know, cracking Paul Blackthorne's head open. Yeah. So yeah, I, <laughs> listen, is this the movie I'm going to watch again? No. Fuck no. But I got to be honest with you. This is a better movie than the Crow City of Angels. And that was a movie that had millions of dollars, including marketing. And, you know, this at least told something interesting. Maggie Stutter. Let's just, we talked about it a little, but you've seen The Lady in the Water, right? Yes. Yes. Which is, it's all right. It's not Shyamalan's finest moment, but it's not his worst movie ever. Agreed. And it is definitely saved a lot by Paul Giamatti's performance. And I thought his stutter was fantastic also. Yeah. Have you ever met anybody with a real stutter? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think so. So back when I uh, sang in a church choir, one of the tenors had a had a pretty severe stutter, kind of like Maggie's in this movie. Like, no kidding. Like would uh uh, and then the word would come out. But when he sang, not a problem. And I've I've heard that that's a lot of people who have a stutter when they sing, it goes away. Wow. Holy it's cow. really fascinating how how our brains work in that way. Yeah. We didn't get him in Hooper, but you know, a staple of those of that era, you know, movies like Smoking or uh, Cannibal Run, uh, Mel Tillis, right, who was a country singer, mm-hmm. you know, and and pops up I think because he was buddies with the, everybody and like, yeah, hey Mel, climb down. He stutters in Jeez, is it Cannibal Run or is it is it Stroke Race? Um, and a couple times to work through the stutter, he will he will sing song a line because that engages a different part of the brain. Like, um, and he does that in the movie a couple times. Uh, James Earl Jones suffers from a sure. pretty debilitating one, and uh, <laughs> well, depending on by the time this episode drops, our next president hopefully uh, also has a stutter. Yes, that's all it is. Yeah. 
So the end of the movie. End of the movie. He's walking across the street and they fucking Joe Black him. Um, yeah. I honestly, because we were past the other part, I I thought he was dead. I was like, oh, what a fucked up way to end this movie. To the point where I wrote R.I.P. Less. And then he gets up and I'm like, oh, yeah. Not. Yeah. And, you know, he has this moment. You know, he's he's found something to stand up for and he stands strong. And basically the other exiler brother backs off. Well, he stands strong. But then is it two more times he gets hit by the car? <laughs> like, I think yeah, there's this. There's this thing called playing possum. Just lay there. They'll drive away. He only gets hit one more time. So he's he's walking. Okay. They hit him. They drive into him from the front. And he goes, he goes over. over the top on the mm-hmm. back. Then the brother backs up, and he goes over the car into the front. And then as he's standing in front of the car, he has this kind of showdown. You can't make me stop. Hard to say. In, in this movie, that's one of the weakest points. I didn't understand what he was trying to say there. Because... Les has yeah. already, like, I, I saw his willingness to get locked in and do the detox. He acknowledged his illness. You can't make me stop. So mm-hmm. that line, like, what are you talking about? Like, So then this scene needed, af- this movie needed after that a scene of Les in therapy. Because drugs aren't yeah. aren't working for him. He should go to therapy. Well, that, that, wait, wait, that experimental drug didn't work for him. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. But he should see a real yeah. psychiatrist. Uh, no, no, no. Psychologist. No, Sorry. Cause like I, for drugs, they psychiatrists can administer, administer, drugs? administer drugs. Psychiatrists are MDs. Oh, yeah. right. Psychiatrists. Psychologists. Psychologists can't, right. can't. That's what it is. Okay. So he needs to see a psychiatrist, get on the right stuff. He'll get through it. You know, and and maybe that happens off screen. Maybe that happened in special too. Oh well, stuck in studio development. <laughs> All right, and movie. Hey, that was a movie. <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, we got some questions. We got some questions. Let's get through them so we never have to talk about this movie sure thing. ever, ever again. All right. Todd, who was your favorite character? <laughs> um, oh, boy. Uh, you, I, I'm going to say because she's incredibly sweet, Maggie. Maggie. Okay. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, she was great. Casey, what is... The best scene. Uh, going to continue with Maggie. The Maggie reveal of why. Because, like, the two scenes that happened before with her, you're like, oh, God. She can't even, like, give this guy the time of day. And you're like, oh, she can't because she's so embarrassed by her stutter. Yeah. Like, you see that moment when she has to say, are you okay? And work through it of, fuck, I have to talk right now. She does. She gives a nice performance that is a lot of just... Acting, you know, acting without obviously without lines because she's not speaking until that point. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. for. Um, I believe I, I had to do that to you in a little show called Glen Glary Glenn Ross while you vomited uh, David Mamet at me. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. I think that I think that's the way that Mamet should always be delivered, right? Like it's that's the kind of uh, yeah. And no pausing and go as fast as you can. That's right. Uh, for me, so that's a good scene. Um, I really like the moment that his friends kind of realize that he's not screwing around, that he's ill, 
because I, I thought that um, the the big guy there, um, Josh Peck, no, the Robert younger brother? Baker, Everett, Robert Baker. the older one, um, I, you know, I thought he, he, the look on his face was really beautiful. He was genuinely sad and upset and concerned for his friend. I thought that seemed really genuine. Yeah, he says there, hey, man, you're one of the few people in this world I actually give a shit about. Yeah. So, yeah. like, it was a little bit of sweetness. Yeah. In a it movie was a that doesn't have a lot of that. character. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Todd, what's one scene that you would cut? Um, so, this is not a long movie. It's an hour and 20 minutes ish. Uh, even with that, I would say there were points where it definitely, it, I guess you reach a point where you can't really cut much because there's not a lot there, but the pace, it definitely felt like it dragged. So you you got to tighten it up. I don't know if it's a scene or just, and, and I feel like some of this is that indie filmmaking. Sometimes we just, they just let scenes unfold at a natural pace, even if we're just watching something that doesn't seem interesting. And that kind mm-hmm. of graded on me at, at times. Yeah. Um, I'm going to add, I'm going to say, I'm going to add the scene where we see less in therapy. Really the scene doing you the would work. Cut? No, a scene I would add. Oh, a scene I you would add. Got it. Add You're flipping the script. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I got you. Which we've, we've done. Oh, which no, is no, our that's one, fine. Our no, I got you. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that would be nice. That would be certainly nice to see that resolution for him. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hey. Even if it's just him sitting down on the couch and the, and like the therapist being like, so. Where do you want to begin? Sure. So there's the scene. Hey, Casey, who is the actor having the most fun? As much as I don't want to say it because he killed that bird outside of Phoebe's apartment bedroom window. It's Michael Rappaport. He is having a good time in this movie. He's certainly giving it his all. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, he, listen, you know, this has got to be hard to pull off. This would be hard to pull off with a big budget and, you know, mm-hmm. all the production value and all that stuff. He does it with essentially nothing. Yeah, sure does. All right. So once again, the IMDB score for this movie was a 6.9 out of 10. Casey, what yep. say you? I'm going to say it is a 2.4. Yeah, I... For me, it's, I mean, it's so bad. Look again. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't show this to anyone without a really strong confidence that they wanted this bleak, disinterested kind of indie perspective. I mean, I can I can name five better bleak, disinterested indie movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I mean, I guess this to me is not. Like the scale just doesn't apply to this because it's not, you know, it, it just doesn't. I don't know how to think about it, but not in terms of one to ten. I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's bad. It's horrible. All right, uh, Dad's breakdown. Would you watch it with the kids? No. Nope. <laughs> nope. No, Hard no, pass. No. Nope. nope. I think I'm gonna. You know what you just said. I, you said I wouldn't show this to anyone unless they knew it was going to be. I wouldn't show this to anyone. So you would just put the a end. period after that? Yep. End of sentence. That's fair. That's fair. And now it's time to pull the next movie from Thor's helmet. All right. So, Casey, you are the right now you are the keeper of the movie slips. No pressure here, buddy. Oh, it's all the pressure. What are you talking about? 
All right, I'm gonna All right. shake him up. Fuck. Come on, dude. You got this. You totally got this. It ain't three letters. Oh, so fuck. Right there. Oh, oh, you're smiling. <laughs> oh, my God. Batman Forever. Look. Batman Forever. Batman Forever is a fun movie. Okay. All right. Okay. Now, to be fair, th- we can't watch the Donner cut. Oh, weirdly, it was two together. You mean the Schumacher or cut? Schumacher cut. What? Look at what was oh. connected to it. Whoa. Whoa. Superman PTSD. 3? Richard was, Pryor? Was right behind it. Yeah. Oh. But, like, I pulled two and I just read the top one. Got it, got it, so, got it. Honestly, we would have had two screwy movies. Okay. <laughs> I mean, look, this movie's silly, but it's fucking better than anything we've watched in a while. Agree. Agree. And at least this movie knows what it is. Like, I mean, it's not from, better than X-Men First Class, but... No, 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 no. But anything past that. Yeah, no, oh, sure. sure. X-Men First Class, I, I think we're going to... When was the last time you saw this movie? Oh, no, I haven't seen this movie in... Boy, probably easily over a decade. I think we're going to, and I think probably going with all the shit we've had to watch, I think we're actually going to have a good time watching this movie. Like, kind of a, yeah, it's bad, but there's some really fun moments in this film. Yeah. Okay. I I bet you that's where we're going to end up. Well, um, Batman Forever, the 1995 Joel Schumacher version of the Burton verse. Why don't we uh, watch a trailer? Yeah. Riddle me this, riddle me that. Who's afraid of the big black bat? In an uncertain world, in a chaotic time, justice wears a mask. to make a pretty lethal combination. Train me. Let me be your partner. Who's your tailor? But first, let's meet our contestants. Going down. If the bat wants to play, we'll play. (laughs) Was that over the top? Don't work too late. You forgot the part where you kiss the girl. The real game begins. 
truth always. Batman forever. Yeah, I don't know how Gotham City went from uh, like this dystopian, dark, angsty thing to neon lights everywhere. Yeah. Do uh, you want to take a crack at the IMDb score? I think there's a lot of love for this movie. I think it's going to be in the eights. Um, eights, you say? Mm-hmm. Uh, 5.4. Wow. That's hurtful. This movie's not a 5.4. According to IMDb, it is. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hang on. What's Batman and Robin? Oh, that's got it. I mean. I swear to Christ, that has a better score. I'm going to find whoever runs IMDb and beat the shit out of him. Here we go. Okay. Uh, okay. 3.8. Fine. <laughs> 3.8. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say right now. Ain't looking forward to watching that movie. Oh my god! Holy cow! Okay, well, uh, well, we got that coming up. Okay, so, uh, geez, all right, all right. So, I mean, it ain't that. It, it look, look, we're we're out of the woods. I'll say we're out of the woods of shitty movies. This is a bad movie, but I think it's a so bad. It's good movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to, I think that's where we're going to land on it, that it's like so campy, uh, but it actually has some really, well, you know what? I'm getting ahead of myself <laughs> yeah. on this. I, I, I just want to talk about a good movie. Yeah. Slow your roll, buddy. Slow your roll. Yes, and we'll, uh, Todd, you made mention of it, uh, the Schumacher cut. We will discuss that a little bit. Okay, great. When we, when, next week. Sounds good. Yeah, next week. Same bat time. Same, same bat channel. <laughs> I looked that up the other day. You know how they would air the episodes? Because mm. it's on, uh, if you have a Roku, it's on the Roku channel, all the episodes. Mm-hmm. So it would be. Like a Tuesday, they would show because there was always a cliffhanger. Yeah. For it would be like an hour long episode with a cliffhanger split up, and he'd say same bat time, same bat channel. But the crazy thing is, they'd show the first part on Tuesday and the second part on Wednesday, and then it wouldn't come back until the following Tuesday. Hmm. <laughs> what show does that? Well, that that was the time they were making the rules up. <laughs> At that point, right? Like, fuck. I was like, wait, what? Wow. All right. Well, Casey, that was an interesting exploration of a uh, of an independent film. Was it? Eh. Or was it a was it a torture session? (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Todd. um, Let's do some social media plugs. Yeah. Where can people find you on the socials? Sure. Got a website, tmpinsyr.com. Check me out on Twitter or Instagram with the handle at tmpinsyr. Hey, Casey, how about you? Where can folks track you down? Twitter, I am not Ryan Casey. Instagram, not dot Ryan Casey. We also have an Instagram and Twitter for the podcast. Uh, For that on Twitter, you can find us at TSPHC Tweets. And on Instagram, it is simply Superpod HeroCast. That's right. If you'd like to send us a more personal note, you can email us at 
superpodherocast at gmail.com because only Cap writes letters. Tony. So we mentioned during our conversation today uh, that we've got a Patreon page. Uh, We actually create a a pretty good amount of content over there, Um, some Patreon-exclusive stuff. We've started to open up the the back catalog there, but if you head over to patreon.com slash TSPHC, you can see what we're doing uh, over there. There's some interesting stuff going on. We've just started our third season of Patreon. The theme for that is the good and the bad bookends. I don't know that we've landed on anything here, but it's the best and the worst of three different genres. So Casey said it earlier, we've started started out with the horror genre, the genre that you, Casey, love. And because we eat our vegetables before we have our dessert, we started out with the worst, which was Maximum Overdrive. Very excited to see where we go with that with the rest of this season. But check out that Mm -hmm. and all of our other content over at patreon.com slash TSPHC. We've got a Facebook page, facebook.com slash superpodherocast. We are very excited to be a part of the Night Shift Radio Network. Uh, very exciting stuff happening over there. Head over to nightshiftradio.com. That's a great landing page that will kind of open up access to a variety of things. Other shows, um, we've got a store with merchandise you can access through there. But Yeah, it's, uh, it's almost Christmas time, so why not get your dog a hoodie? That's right. Uh, our... I got to admit, the stuff over there is pretty cool. I am waiting on my new coffee cup that has the Superpod HeroCast logo on one side. And on the back side, it says, what are we drinking? Coffee. It's definitely coffee. So I laugh at that all the time. (laughs) I Mm -hmm. told that joke to my wife. She just kind of stared at me. But I am really excited for that. As per usual with both our wives when we tell a joke. 100%. (laughs) Like that. That was the joke. <laughs> this is, these are the jokes, folks. So uh, head over to nightshiftradio.com. You can check that stuff out. But really, take a look at the other shows on the network. There's some really cool stuff happening over there. Uh, we're excited to be a part of it and think you might dig it. So check it out. Music for the podcast comes to us from two places. Our theme song is Take a Chance by Kevin McLeod. He puts out a variety of music royalty-free at his website, which is Incompetech. Dot com. Our beer music is Feather Duster by Shane Ivers. That music is available at www.silvermansound.com. We cannot close the episode without thanking the amazing Kitsy. Kitsy is a producer, audio engineer, musician. They work on a number of the shows on the Night Shift Radio Network, including ours. Very skilled uh, producer and audio engineer. Head over to kitzy.com, K-I-T-Z-Y. You can get a sense of their work, see some of their credits, listen to the stuff they do. Uh, We would not sound as good as we do without Kitsy, and we thank them for that. Yes, thank you, Kitsy. All right. So, Todd, that was a movie. That was a movie. That I fucking hated. (laughs) But it was a movie. So, that'll do it for the Superpod Hero Cast for this week. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan. For Casey Ryan, I'm Todd Panic. Be, Be heroic. heroic. Oh, boy. I never want to think about this fucking movie again. Your- this, movie, this movie angered me. <laughs> Joe is snacky, 
So he oh, has to open no. like Snacky Joe. seven <laughs> bags of crinkly things. Well, you know what you we could do? There. We could change, since we're on Adam Sandler, we could, instead of Sloppy Joe, make it a Snackout Joe, Snackout snack snack Joe. Joe. Ha! <laughs> My problem with Hubie Halloween is that yeah. it's very clear Adam Sandler is once again playing a character with developmental disabilities. Got it. A la the water boy. And everyone in the town hates him again. And there's no fucking reason except for the fact that he's a person with de- developmental disabilities. Adam Sandler, you can go fuck yourself with your millions of dollars. That's- so now listen, I am not saying that it is okay to treat pe- people poorly because of developmental disabilities. But is Adam Sandler, by showing that, is he saying that? You should treat people with developmental disabilities that way? Or is he saying that people do treat people with developmental disabilities that way? Because those are two different things. Sure. I think I think it's look how funny I can be doing. I mean, he's okay. he's doing and it's the third time he's done it because he played Waterboy is an old SNL character called it's Canteen Canteen Boy. Canteen Boy, right. You know, it's the same yeah. idea. It's that's and it's just not anything I'm interested in. You know, I mean, we were thinking about showing uh, the Bean Goonies, and Danny's like, oh, I don't know how I will handle sloth. And I went, yeah, that's, I mean, so the bear is nowhere near that, but it is still, you know, oh, we lock him up because he is developmentally but challenged. The, but the, but I, but I think the, so now listen, I'm speaking from and, and, yeah, yeah, Danny wasn't saying we should never watch it. She's just like, I don't know if I can handle that right now. I'm like, okay, that's okay. fair. Now that's, that's fair. different. Okay. Because I th- yeah. I think, you know, the Yeah. I'm not here to cancel Goonies. Like <laughs> Goonies is a fucking great movie. That's right. I mean, I think the fact that the villains do that tell us how we should feel if you were to treat someone with a disability that way. You know, yeah. we see the bad guys do it. And in mm-hmm. fact, however, sloth, I mean, he has the heroic transformation, right? Like he gets, he gets the superhero music. I mean, you know, well, he's being directed by the guy who created the that's mo- right. that's I mean, right. fuck's sake. That's right. Of course they put a Superman show on him. It's Richard Donner. <laughs> but I think I am going to show uh, the bean, the monster squad. Yeah. Yeah. Wolfman's got nards. Wolfman's got nards. <laughs> Give me the amulet, you bitch. <laughs> That's right. That's your sister? <laughs> you just crushed you just crushed Zencaster. <laughs> That's fine. <coughs> uh, it compressed right. it. I see it. <laughs>